this morning, uh, as I'm preparing for uh, my message, I was not only studying but doing some research because it's important. Uh, I, I always do research outside of, of um, the Word of God so that I can make, bring some uh, things that may be relevant concerning um, what's going on in our society. And as I was researching for this message, uh, I read an opinion piece of a junior at uh, BYU University. Uh, she writes for the university newspaper, and uh, I thought it was very interesting uh, some of the things she said that not only uh, I was able to bring into my sermon and utilize the thoughts, but yet in our society, uh, the things that are taking place that you and I uh, obviously have to deal with. And so her name was Cassidy Wixom, and uh, she wrote this article, and this is uh, what it read. She said, it seems just like about every week there's another celebrity, politician, or athlete who gets fired, kicked out, slandered, or shamed on social media for something they did or said 10, 20, and even over 200 years ago. A post that includes a racial or sexist comment gets brought up again and again to continually shame the person in question until their future prospects are no longer there. And then she said this, as, societies as our society continues to embrace this cancel culture, the continual reminder is that we, as a society, have forgotten how to forgive. And I thought that was really profound, some of the things that she was alluding to, because it really does, it really is true that what the process is, is that if it's saying if we remove all these things and get these people out of the way and move these articles out of the way and change the names of all these things, then uh, we'll be able uh, to move on. And uh, as they say, forget about it. And so today we see the statues being removed, schools, university, and sports teams being re re renamed. And consequently, what they're doing is uh, they are invalidating or taking away uh, their accomplishments or whatever it was that they did. In other words, they've been canceled. They've been canceled out. That's what cancel culture does. It seeks to remove and to invalidate something that one time was valid. Blocks out any memory, article, or even person who may be associated with a given event. So, before I get into my sermon, let me just, for the record, make this statement. Because I know there are ways of twisting around what, what I say. I'm not condoning any stupidity, any foolishness, any, anything that was said or done that was degrading or that... Uh, that hurts someone. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there are some things that, that basically just, I think, maybe just go a little bit too far. But what I want to do, and now that I've said that, is to take uh, this thought of this article, Cancel Culture, and I want to apply it to my sermon. 
And so I've entitled my sermon, Canceled. Simply put, Canceled. And what I want to do is I want us to bring this mindset, this thought of canceling into our lives as Christians. That we may be able to, as it were, cancel out the hurts, the pain, some of the things that that maybe have been done against us through our lifetime, whatever those things might be, that we still carry around. Those things that hinder us from growing in Christ. Those things that keep us uh, from experiencing the very best that God has for us as Christian men and women. And so what I'd like to do is for us to take that thought of cancel culture and bring it in to our salvation and uh, our walk with the Lord. The article goes on. And it closes with this statement. Forgiveness has lost its place in today's society. And I really feel that that's what the issue as we move forward kind of deals with. Is that we as a society have lost the willingness to be able to forgive. And so consequently, let's just get rid of the thing and it will be gone Several years ago, I preached the message that I'm going to preach this morning. It was part of a series that I did. And it was on the life of uh, Joseph, Jacob's son, in the Old Testament, out of the book of Genesis, chapter number 41. And we know the story of Joseph. And we understand that he was the youngest of his brothers and that he was favored by His father and his father gave him that coat of many colors. And his brothers uh, uh, were resentful uh, toward him. And he had the dream that we know about that he was going to rule eventually. I'll I'll put it in my words that the dream uh, essentially had his brothers bowing down to him. The older bowing down to the younger. While in that culture, that was unheard of. That That was not done. And so that even angered them more. And so as they go out on this journey, uh, they take advantage of Joseph. And we know the story. They, they, they take his coat of many colors. They throw him in a pit. And the process goes on. He's sold into slavery. Uh, he's accused of, of, of rape. And on and on and on, thrown in prison. And Joseph's life, as we're going to read, and this is going to be a two-part sermon because I'm going to finish it off next Sunday morning. What we're going to be looking at today is uh, how Joseph was able to move on, in a sense, cancel out those things uh, that he dealt with in his life that were brought against him by his brothers and everyone else that tried to do harm to him. And so um, let's take a look at the Word of God in Genesis chapter 41, starting with verse number 50. Joseph, when we're starting to read about him here in this portion of Scripture, he's already been elevated. He's already been promoted uh, by Pharaoh to be second in command in the land of Egypt and all that Egypt owned. How many know God blesses you when you're obedient to him? 
God promotes you when you serve him and you're faithful to him. Joseph was always faithful to God in spite of what he went through, in spite of the hardships he experienced and on all the things that he dealt with. He never stopped being faithful to God and believing the promises of God. The psalm we just sang. He, God is faithful in all of his promises. Those aren't just words we sing. Those are, that's our faith that we're singing about. And so Joseph... And when we're reading about him here, he's been prospered and he has been blessed. And now he's getting ready to have children. And it says in verse 50, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenthath, daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me to forget all my trouble and all my father's household. God has made me to forget. And so he named his son Manasseh because that's what it means. And I'm going to take a look at Joseph's life with you for a few moments because there may be some things that maybe some of us are going through. And you're dealing with issues. You're dealing with circumstances from the past that still torment you. They still plague you. They still cause you sleepless nights. And I'm going to look at Joseph's life because Joseph was able to say, God has caused me to forget. And God, as we're going to look at next week, because of that, caused him to be fruitful. So the question to ask is that what did God cause Joseph to forget? What did he forget? So the question, did Joseph forget the day his brothers tore off his coat of many colors and threw him into the pit? No, he didn't forget that. Of course not. Did Joseph forget that his brothers debated whether or not to kill him as uh, he was begging for his life? Well, of course not. He didn't forget that. Well, maybe Joseph forgot that he was sold as a slave into Potiphar's house and that after some time, Potiphar's wife accused him of rape, which caused him to be thrown in jail. Did Joseph forget that? No, Joseph didn't forget that. So the question this morning is then, what did Joseph forget? What did God help Joseph to forget? I'll tell you what God helped Joseph to forget. God helped Joseph to cancel out or to forget the pain, the hurt, the rejection that was associated with all the things that he went through in his life. Joseph said, God has caused me to forget my toil. Matthew Henry's commentary replaces the word toil with the word misery. And you know, the problem is there are too many people that are living in misery today simply because uh, they haven't allowed God to help them forget the pain, the hurt, and the rejection possibly that they've gone through and they're holding on to that and it's causing them to be miserable. And Joseph said, God had caused me to forget all of my misery. You see, this morning, here's the point that when you allow God to get involved in your life, not just some days, but every day, 
He can do the same for you that he did for Joseph. He can remove the misery of pain of the past, the hurt of the past, uh, the rejection of the past, uh, and uh, bring healing into your life. How does the healing take place? When does the healing take place? Well, healing begins when we're willing to forgive. Healing begins when we're willing to forgive. Can you say that word, forgive, with me? Forgive. One more time. You see, that needs to be a process that continually works in our life. If we want healing to take place. Now, I said, healing comes when we're willing to forgive. I didn't say forget. Too many people think that I can't be healed unless I forget, and that's not the case. Because when you read the story of Joseph... And, and, you, and as we're going to be looking on later on, you see that he hasn't forgotten a thing. In fact, he said this, you all, you all meant this that happened to me, all these things, for evil, but God meant it for a blessing, for good for my life. So what does that tell me? God didn't forget. Oh, Joseph never forgot. He didn't forget the things that he went through. But the... It did not stop him from forgetting the pain that those things caused or the hurt or the damage that those things brought into his life. He was willing to forget that. You see, this morning, forgiveness is a choice. We have to choose. It's an act of our will, just like salvation. No one can make you be saved. No one can, can, can force you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have to make the choice. Most all of us here made that choice. It was an act of our will. We decided to do that. And so that's the way it is with forgiveness. We have to make a conscious decision and choice and will and say, I will forgive that individual or those things that happen, I will forgive them. Joseph loved his family. He loved his brothers. But unfortunately, jealousy, envy, even hatred got in the way of those relationships. And even though he still remembered, he still forgave them. God was able to take the pain from Joseph's life associated with those events. You see, the thing was that he was no longer in bondage. He was no longer in slavery spiritually to those past injustices because the bitterness wasn't there. Anger was not there. The rejection he probably felt was no longer there wasn't tormenting him day and night. No thoughts of revenge because he was healed in his heart and in his spirit. And you see, sometimes you and I struggle with that because as human beings, we want revenge, don't we? We want to get back. Me lo vas a pagar. The translation, you're gonna, 
I'm gonna, you're going to pay for it. I'm going to get back. And sometimes it's a cultural thing, and sometimes it's just something that we're not willing to let go and to forgive. See, God says he is the God of vengeance. He says it's mine. And what happens is when we don't let go, like Joseph, let go of that. Allowed God, allowed God to heal him, to cancel out the pain and the hurt from his life. No, the event was, it did happen. He remembered it. But the healing came when he forgave. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul says these words, Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom or liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You see, Joseph did not allow himself to be entangled into the yoke of resentment, of bitterness, and hatred, and, and, and all that went along with what, the, what happened to him. He didn't let that happen. He had a relationship with God. And in that relationship with God, there was a liberty that he was able to stand upon firmly and believe because he had that, stand, that firm stand with Jesus, with God the Father, that the promises of God were yes and amen in his life. And this is the point when you and I allow God to cancel out the hurt, the pain, the resentment, the bitterness, the junk that came along with whatever that violation was in your life. I want to tell you something. The promises of God will continue to move in your life. God will promote, will bless your life. Why? Because you've practiced forgiveness. Not forgetness, but forgiveness. Don't go back into that life of bondage where Christ has set you free from. And so it is possible to be like Joseph. It is possible to experience the, the, the freedom that Joseph experienced in his life for those things that, those incidences, those circumstances that maybe came and brought hurt and pain into our lives. There are people here this morning watching online who are living in that bondage, under that yoke of bondage. And they're filled with the hurts of the past, the pains of the violations, the molestation, the rape, the abandonment of a parent or a spouse, the betrayal of a friend, a loved one, maybe a betrayal in your marriage vows, and the pain of that memory, it still torments you. It's still clinging to your life. It causes you to live in bitterness and unforgiveness. Yes, those things that happened, they were real. Those things that took place, yep, 
They, they were part of our history. But with Joseph, if you and I allow God to come in and say, God, I want to forgive those offenses that were done to my life, I can stand here and guarantee you today that the pain will be gone. The hurt will be alleviated. The torment will be removed from your life. See, when God comes in, the pain can be removed. We all struggle from time to time with what I'm speaking about here. We have no problem with listening and accepting the cancel culture that we're living in today. Yeah, yeah, cancel that. Cancel that, yeah. Change that. Remove that. Knock that down. Tear that down. Change that name. We're cool with it. It's accepted. But how about, why is it so difficult for us when it comes to the memories and those things for us to say, God, help me, cancel them, remove them, take them away. When we hold on to the anger, we hold on to the resentment, we hold on to those thoughts of revenge, it only brings more suffering. It only brings more pain. And consequently, the results, when we do that, we become not only a prisoner, but we become the jailer. We allow those things to imprison us under that yoke of, of bondage and pain. And we, like a jailer, control when those memories come back and forth and come back and forth. It's time. You want to be the jailer. Open the door and let those memories free. Let them loose. Let them be removed from your life. No longer do you need to be a prisoner this morning. Forgiveness, forgiveness is for our own growth. It's for God to help us, Joseph, because he practiced forgiveness. It was something that was in him that he was willing to do. God used that to teach him and to cause him to grow and to eventually become second. Think about that. In command of Egypt, in control of all the wealth and lands uh, under Pharaoh. And that happened because God blessed Joseph like God wants to bless us. Like God wants to see our lives prosper. Like God wants to see our lives be fruitful and blessed like Joseph's life was. But only you and I hold the key to that prison door. And the key to that prison door is called forgiveness. And when you learn to forgive, there's a growth that takes place. There's a happiness that comes into our lives. You've experienced that before. When you've forgiven someone, it's like someone has lifted away a weight from your life that has been causing you pain, causing you to be down. And there's a joy now that comes into your life because I don't have to deal with that anymore. I am free. Whether they accept the forgiveness or not, I'm free. You see, forgiveness brings a liberty as 
Paul writes in Galatians. There's a freedom that happens. John 8, 36. He whom the Son sets free, Jesus, is free indeed. And that freedom comes as we allow forgiveness to every day take place in our lives. No matter what has happened, no matter what has taken place, whether recently or years past. So the question this morning is, which do you prefer? Which do we want? The peace of God or the bitterness of resentment and unforgiveness? I'll take the peace of God any day. I'll take the peace of God, the Bible says, passes all understanding, peace that the world can't give and that the world can't take away. I want that instead of unforgiveness and bitterness. Is joy better than anger? Of course it is. Who wants to be married to a grouch? Who wants to live with a grouch? Who wants to be around grouchy people? How many know bitterness makes a person grouchy? Unforgiveness makes a person grouchy. Love is better than hate. God's justice is better than revenge. God always makes things work out right. Amen. God's justice is always perfect. And the person that gains the most from forgiveness is not necessarily the one who's being forgiven, but the one who's doing the forgiving. When you forgive... You grow and you gain in the blessings of God. Releases from the sting of the past. And it brings us into God's destiny. That's what helped Joseph, I guarantee you. Because he could have been a bitter, bitter man from the very time his brothers were talking about killing him. He loved his brothers. He looked up to his brothers. He could have been a bitter man. Because of that rejection. But because he did not let that be a part of his life. He was able to be released from whatever it was he might have felt. And didn't take that on to the rest of his journey with God. You see, forgiveness releases us from the sting of the past into God's given destiny for the future. There are some who haven't moved on in what God has for them because they've held on to some sort of issue in their life. And it's been holding you back. And we see that Joseph, as you read on in Joseph's life, was reunited with his brothers and with his family after he said that God has caused me to forget my toil and my hard work and my misery and even my family, speaking of his brothers, that violated him. But in spite of that, he was reunited. Now, I want to make a point here that I made earlier this morning. We are called to forgive. We know that. God expects us to forgive. But... As Joseph made a, a, a choice to forgive his, his, his family, his brothers, and those that violated him, and he wanted to be reunited again with them and be with them again. 
That was Joseph's choice. That was his decision to make. And I'm saying that to say this to you this morning. There obviously are violations that do bring pain and hurt and that, that, that do bring uh, just a, a, a destructiveness into a person's life. And what I'm saying is that once you forgive, the healing comes into your life. I'm not saying that you have to do what Joseph did and say, well, I guess I have to be, go back with them. I have to be around them now. I have to be hooked up with them again. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's your choice. If you want to, that's up to you. Joseph made a choice. He said, I want to do this. He did it. I'm not telling you, you have to do that. If God says to, then that's between you and God. But that doesn't mean because you no longer want to be associated with them that you haven't forgiven them. Because forgiveness is an act of the will. It's a choice you make between you, God, and the individuals, and you move on. Whatever happens after that, it's in God's hand. Can somebody say amen this morning? We can move forward with our lives. Matthew chapter 6, in verse 14, I want our uh, worship team to make their way up this morning as I prepare to read this scripture. Through all that I said and, and all that we read about in Joseph's life, we need to understand the principles of God's word. Because God's word cannot be canceled out. Society has tried to cancel God's word, but it's failed and it will continue to fail till Jesus comes back. It's not going to work. Too many times we as Christians try to cancel God's word. Well, I don't like that part. I don't feel comfortable with that part. You know what? God, my situation is different. You know, this, this thing that happened was way beyond what Joseph went through. And so, you know, I don't have to forgive them. No, you, we don't have that choice. I'm sorry. So let's listen to what God says to just seal any doubt about the issue of forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 6 and in verse 14, Jesus says these words. Yes, if you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, then your Father in heaven will also forgive your wrongs. Has anybody ever done wrong here? <laughs> Come on, are we angels here or what? Are we human beings here? Has anybody ever done something wrong? We're human. You know, that's the way it is. But, he goes on and says, but if you don't forgive others, then your Father in heaven will not forgive the wrongs you do. See, so, I mean, this is the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us that, thank God for forgiveness of sin. Amen? Thank God for forgiveness of wrongs that He brings into our lives. But if we're not willing to forgive people their wrongs, then Jesus says God's not going to forgive us. We have choices to make, decisions to make. And this morning, the question to ask, are you imprisoned 
by memories, by hurts, by bitterness, by anger, by revenge. From things that have taken place in your life against you or against the people you love or care about. Then the key to that prison door is called forgiveness. As we bow our heads this morning,